Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Okay, welcome everybody to episode 51 of Bitcoin Roundtable. I am Darren, your host, and I'm here with Vince, and Libby has decided to join us for this session. Hi, Libby. Hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming out. I'm always here, by the way. Always. You are. Actually, this wouldn't work without you, would it, Libby? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. Well, she disappeared in the previous episode. I was doing errands. So, what were we just talking about, guys? Car racing. Yeah. No, no, that wasn't it. No. We were talking about your bad driving habits. Vince is an extremely aggressive driver, everyone. Uh, That's not fair. I'm not really a defensive driver. Let's (laughs) just say that. But I'm also a very good driver, and I've also driven more kilometers than most people have, and I've done it (laughs) accident-free. Yeah, except for a deer. Except, except. Mm -hmm, Oh, so you're a truck driver. Oh, I'm a better than a truck driver. I have to negotiate cities. Try driving a minivan downtown Toronto all day long. It's not easy. Sounds like you have a really hard life and you are an exceptional driver. I'm not an exceptional... You know what? I, I... <laughs> well, I've been in a car with Vince and I just noted that he is an aggressive driver. He's very... Impatient. Impatient. Yes. <laughs> he, he weaves very aggressively. But I know what everybody else is doing. So you're a a telepath? (laughs) No. If you sit and wait for everybody else to make a decision, nothing will ever get done. Perfect example is when two people come to a stop sign, they sit there for probably a lot longer than they ever should trying to decide who should go first. So you just go right through it? No. I stop and then I go. Most people driving don't, so they'll sit there and if you're behind these people and you start creating a jam... Yeah, well, over politeness is an awful thing when when you're driving. (laughs) Well, like an example would be you're at a four-way stop. There's a pedestrian that wants to cross the road in front of you. And they stand there with one foot on the road and one foot on the sidewalk. And then they go, and you're waiting for them. And then they stop, and they wave you. And you're like, well, no, you have the right of way. And then they wait and wait for you to go. And then finally, when you say, okay, forget it. I've, just, I've been here for like at least eight, ten seconds. So I'm going to go, so you take your foot off the brake. Like yeah. It turns into some weird That happens to you, too. Dance. That's interesting. It's funny. That doesn't happen in the UK. People that wave, like, they give up their right of way. I mean, sure, they're, they're trying to be nice, but it's the most frustrating thing. It's not the law of the road. Follow the law of the road, please, people. That's oh, what we ask. Yes. Oh, always getting angry. Here we go. Well, you're exactly right, everybody. In the UK, you'd get ploughed over if you faffed around like that. You don't get away with that in Toronto, either. <laughs> well, I, no, I used to find that frustrating because I run a lot. That people would, like, literally stop in the middle of the road to, to let me pass. And I'd be like, no, go. It's not my right of way. And they'd be like, oh, no, no, come on. I'd be like, no, it's your right of way. Meanwhile, cars could be zipping by the other way that they don't notice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. I have a theory. In Canada... People go, well, how come that person's driving when they're, they're not really obeying the rules of the road or, you know, they're waving people across or stopping at stop signs and waving other people forward when they have their right of way. You know, they're not really following the rules of the road and it goes the other way too, right? Where they're good God, who knows, right? Doing doing 40 in a, on a 100-kilometer freeway or something. And I think it's because we're in Canada. <laughs> because Canada has such a low population density, public transport really isn't available 
to a degree that's needed for most people to get around their daily lives. So, I mean, I guess the exception is Toronto. You can go to your job in the subway, but pretty much everywhere else in Canada, outside of the cities, you need to be able to drive to get to work or to you know go about your business because everything's kind of so far away. If you really start cracking down and giving out licenses to people who are really super capable of driving, you're really going to have a problem because there will be so many people that need to get somewhere and they have no means of getting there. To me, in Canada, everybody gets a license because they all need to be able to drive. And that's why there's a lot of bad drivers on the road in Canada. Or frustrating drivers, I guess, is maybe a better term for it. Problem with the testing, then. No, but if they tested harder, then more people well, would fail, but... I had to go to driving school. Did you go to driving school? Yeah. I remember thinking driving school was the dumbest thing ever. What did we have to go for? Can't believe it, right? What, what did you just inherently know how to drive? No, 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 but you learned all the rules. <laughs> right. You still had to do your driving, but you learned all the rules. There are dozens and dozens of signs, dozens and dozens of everything, and you had to learn them all. So Not why everybody. is that dumb? No, that is good. He thought it was dumb, but it, I thought it was trying to say. Oh, what I was right, trying right. to say is that it's good now that I had to do it because I still retained all the really odd signs. Not everybody had to take driving school, so therefore I just don't think they all know the laws and the rules of the road. Well, Canada is trying to make drivers better. I think partly because I think everybody has to go to school to get the license now, right? Or something. Like I don't that. think you have to. No? But you no. have to do a test? You have to do a test. That was a test, but everybody, no yeah. matter where you live. Oh, maybe in our day it was, uh, you got a better deal on insurance. Yes, and I think you still do get that today. Right. So it's economically makes sense to, you know, at the end of the day, unless you're living in a major city, if you're living in Canada, you need to be able to drive. Yes. Even if you're a bad driver. like Driving is not a, uh, a right. It's no, a privilege. No, Well, it's a privilege. It, Except in Canada, you need to be able to drive. That's why Canada can get away with raising taxes without seeing protests. Because how the fuck are you going to get 5 million people showing up in Ottawa <laughs> to protest? Things have to be really bad to get a couple million people together to protest anything. Because, I mean, either it's downtown in the streets of Toronto, but if you want to go to Ottawa, where the capital is of Canada, you know, most people would have to fly to get there. Sure. And if they drove, I think the average driving time would probably be 20 or 30 hours drive to get there. <laughs> It'd be nice to have a situation like France where, you know, if you're all riled up and angry, right, you just flood the streets of Paris and protest. But I love the way they do it in Europe. <laughs> but to me, it's a it's a population density. Yes. It's a huge yeah. factor. There. 100%. Without sure. population density, I think it's a lot easier for governments to kind of control pass things that people don't like and are you really going to protest it you know like we're not going to drive to toronto to I, protest even if we really really want to do like it's just not well, practical. The, the fact that if, if we were Where really park? if we were serious about it we would but if we just wanted to get involved you can't you have to really believe in it when i was in uh, school in london i think the student council students were going to have some protest kind of thing going on whatever the flavor of the the year was and uh okay we've got three buses driving to ottawa so oh. let's fill the buses to protest Don't i mean it's been 17 hours on a bus well it's like i think it's a seven eight hour drive it is right? from London. 
And then we're broke. I'm a broke student, so, you know, you got to basically pack 50 bucks in your pocket for incidentals and food and stuff. And like, no way, right? It's great yeah. in London. I hopped onto loads of protests. Yeah, right? I did the big anti-Iraq war one. Yeah. But I, I mean, I wasn't like super passionate against the court. I mean, I was important. But you just opened the door and walked But all my mates were going and we were like, sure. So off we went. Do it for half an hour, an hour, and go to the pub, right? I know, that's absolutely what we did. I've seen a lot of them throughout Europe when I've been traveling. Yeah, they're neat. I really like them. They're all peaceful. You just walk along for a bit. Yeah, I imagine most of them. I've never been around any of the unpeaceful ones. Well, the ones in France are getting a little numb. No, they are. I I shouldn't say that they're ones in... When they start getting out those cannons, I'm like, ooh, this is serious protest. I was listening to CBC the other day. They were talking about tear gas. Mm. And people think of tear gas, they think, oh, it's just tear gas. Oh, it's actually a really noxious chemical, a biological weapon. I have no doubt. But they've just, they've over the years, they've just labelled it tear gas and it's managed to penetrate through as a kind of a, a policy in the crowd or riot control. What are they using now, about? like police forces and SWAT? No, they're using tear gas because they were yeah. talking about the war. Still? The border between Mexico and the United States, they're using it like... <laughs> Really? And they're actually saying it could kill a child. This is what CBC were talking about as a documentary. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite serious. I think you just think of tear gas, you're like, oh, it doesn't sound like a biological weapon. Yeah, it was very effective. I thought they cleaned it up a little bit. No. They don't shoot people, depending on what what country you're in, I guess, right? You know if you're in Europe protesting. Well, you're on the news. You have a general faith that you're probably not going to get shot and die. Oh, in the U.S. you might get shot and killed. Yeah, you know, all bets are off in the U.S. And maybe not killed, but get the hell beat out of you, right? So you can't walk a straight line for the rest of your life. Who knows, right? Jesus. Go to a protest in Russia, right? I mean, you know. You must have a real strong feeling about something to protest if you're going to protest it in Russia. Because it all depends what country you want to protest in. Sometimes yeah, they don't take kindly to it. I wish we had the ability to be able to protest. Yeah, in Canada, you're not going to see it unless their population is probably ten times what it is now. Yeah, where, you know, I could grab a sign and I could go out for a week and I might get some local coverage and I'll bet you I could get 120 people in a week. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. if I really worked it. Uh, yeah. Well, think about, you know, Alberta, right? I mean, you know, Alberta is the top oil-producing province in Canada. A lot of times there's some acrimony, I guess, between Western Canada and Ontario. Because Alberta always feels like, you know, when their economy is doing well, that they're kind of funding, helping Ontario out, where Ontario kind of feels like they're helping Alberta out on many times when the oil isn't flowing very well. And a lot of it you can explain through just distance because it's so far away. Can you imagine if you're in Alberta and you feel really passionate or strong about something that's implemented by the federal government you want to protest, you have to fly to Ottawa and probably more expensive than a ticket to fly straight to Europe. Thousand bucks. I mean, it it's, is more expensive. it's a long flight. And oh. it's, yeah. Everybody knows how much money it costs to fly within Canada. So what else were you chatting about? Hmm. Oh, tipping. So we're finding that uh, in Canada lately that um, we are being asked to tip on many things that we're not really sure if we if there are things that we should really tip on. I went and picked up a takeout pizza, and 
there was a leave a tip option on the screen. Yeah. But that's, isn't that the same as buying food in a restaurant? No, 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 no. It's takeout pizza. You pick it up. You, you pick, pick up it the up. pizza so you don't even get table service. They just make a pizza and you buy it. All yeah. the takeouts have tip options. Which is ridiculous. I'm not asking for someone to sit me at a table and pour me a glass of water. <laughs> it, it all came from that article I read talking about the $100,000 a year server and how we live in a society right now where we're being asked to tip on everything. Yeah, we met when we were working at a bar, so we do know quite a bit about it. I, I just find it really amazing nowadays how you can't really opt out of the tip. It, it's expected. Yeah. The gratuities included. The, the, the guy who weighed out at that restaurant out in Vancouver who got charged twice for his tip, and when he went back and asked why, they told him, oh, don't worry, it happens to a lot of people. Tips for everybody. Well, this year in Ontario, starting January 1st, servers are making thirteen oh five an hour. <laughs> That's a pretty damn good wage. Well, especially when you're bringing in, you know, $35 an hour in tip, the good ones, they're making that much. So yeah, they're making forty, forty-five dollars an hour. Sure they are. Yeah, as long as it's a busy restaurant, you can you can make good money. You know, there's a daycare we take our dog to, and there's a tip option on that. To me, the tip thing has gotten far out of hand. Like it's back to the bully practice. So you don't tip your dog groomer, and they notice you don't tip them. All of a sudden, what do you think happens the next time your dog goes back? Does it get the same service as the guy who left twenty percent? Whatever happened to the slide of Fiverr, right? Nobody uses cash anymore. Whether you get good service or bad service for you, you're yeah. still always expected, or even in some cases forced, to tip. That's the point, isn't it? You have to tip even if your experience was very poor. And the option not to is very difficult. Yeah, just don't go back. But it's hard if there's one dog groomer in town. I love our dog groomer, by the way. Did you tip? I tip her, yeah. I don't tip. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. We got a tipper and a non-tipper. <laughs> She's worked really hard on our dog. Mm -hmm. We can have a whole episode about our dog. Maybe she's got issues. I'll just tweet a photo of her. Her crazy dog. Or do you tip the baker? Do you tip your butcher? I, I tip for service. Yes. If someone babysits my dog and they say we charge 30 bucks for six hours, I give them 30 bucks and I say thank you. If you wanted more money, then you should have charged me 35. Well, I, I agree with that one. Right? Did you pour me a glass of wine? Did you grab my wool coat from me and uh, brush it off, you know, when I came in the door? Or take my scarf and hat and <laughs> spruce them up? Did you shine my shoes for me? No. I'm not tipping. There's certain things I tip for, and that, I don't know. I think everyone has their own list of things that they'll tip for. and That's a good way to put it. Dog babysitting is not one of the things I tip for. I think in these situations, I'm actually happy being the cranky old guy that only tips for certain things because that's what he's used to. I let him swear behind my back if I'm walking away and they didn't get a 10% tip. There's always some idiot out there that will tip. <laughs> Make a new thing out of it. Yeah, but apparently servers are, uh, and you know, I have no problem with servers making or reaping a, uh, a windfall right now over it. Nah, but I think the England... You know, I like the idea of England more and more where you just don't tip. Why, you're looking at changing the entire culture. It's never going to happen. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, have you watched any sports at all? No. No? no I, don't um, watch any sports at all. I hear about that boxing guy who, who got beaten up. 
Yeah, uh, you, you, brain damage you're talking about? Yeah, got, yeah, yeah, he got, uh, I think he's had a number of concussions up until then. Well, I think all boxers do, don't they? Yeah, he, uh, he got hit really hard and he went down like a sack of taters. Anytime you get into a ring and start swinging your fists at each other's heads. What's the name of the company? Huawei? Oh, Huawei. Oh, are we going to bring up Huawei? Is it Huawei? Yeah, Huawei. Huawei? Yeah. CFO is also the daughter of the chairman and the CEO and the founder of Huawei. Yeah, she got detained in Vancouver. Yeah. She had a court date today. She was on a stopover and they detained her. You actually requested it. I think she owns a couple properties in Vancouver. So. Yeah, it seems like they, she's out on bail. Is that right? Or something like no, that. No, she's not. She, I believe she's still in custody. Her bail hearing hasn't come up yet. And they keep. Uh, no, it was today. That uh, definitely increased a lot. There's Canada China attention. China is, was not happy. It sounds like uh, it could have gone a lot worse. I understand China not being happy. I wouldn't be happy either. I certainly wouldn't want to be a Canadian or American businessman in China right now. Well, apparently GoPro just announced that they're not going to be making in China anymore. They're going to start phasing that out. Whether or not that's a result of this or just coincidence, I don't know. But who are the Chinese going to blame? Are they going to blame the U.S. or the Canadians? The Canadians. Did she break any Canadian laws at the time? Don't quote me on this, but it goes something like shell company or a company that does business for Huawei broke Iranian sanctions by doing business in Iran or something like that. That's what the So a little, little fuzzy, but I've heard something like that too, yes. You know, there's some significantly major accusations about stealing of technology secrets from the U.S. and, you know, taking them back to China. There's a whole bunch of crap revolving around that aspect of it as well. Tensions are high. You know, and I think I also heard that the military in China has recently announced that they are now ready to take back Taiwan. Taiwan being an island mm-hmm. whose Taiwanese citizens declare them separate country from China. Yeah, but I China imagine. still considers Taiwan to be part of China. So. Taiwan does not. Yeah, some tensions are ramping up down there in a big way. A lot of worldwide events happening. Ukraine and Russia definitely getting tense. You got the two major superpowers, the U.S. and China, and they got we old little Canada right in the middle. If either of them wants to get angry, you know, they can't directly get angry at each other. They, they're they're going to wind up kicking the dog in the middle, and that's Canada. So Canada's going to take the brunt of this issue. You're probably right. I, I hope that, I hope they don't get mad at each other. Huawei's big. Uh, part of the article I was reading today was comparing it to, you know, what if China went and arrested Bill Gates? Oh, I know China. I know Huawei's huge. Like, and it's so respected in China. It's, it is the premier respected company because they were able to crack the West as well. Yeah. But I will say China has been very blatant about stealing te- technological secrets. Blatant, like blatantly obvious that they are doing it, or? Oh, yeah. At any cost. Yes. And those secrets are very valuable. Well, apparently Huawei doesn't have any access to any, if I'm correct, any 5G networks within the U.S. They've got quite a few in Canada. 
And they were trying to ask uh, Tellus or Rogers or somebody to cut them out. And they said it would be about a billion dollar hit to their bottom line. So they won't do it. Because there's no real proof of anything. I get some fear acting, like we don't want a Chinese company to have that much access to a a cellular network. No, I don't think so. There's reasonable suspicion of espionage type activity. I mean, you got Samsung, right? You know, iPhones are made in China. There's a lot of things that are made in China or other Chinese companies, but Huawei, you know, I think they pushed it pretty far in some of their uh, espionage activities and they pissed off the wrong people. Okay. I don't know for sure, you know. Uh, I don't know for sure either. It it makes for interesting news anyway. It'll be real interesting how it all shakes out. I I hope Canada's in that dog in the middle that gets kicked. Yeah, I know. But it makes, you know, anybody wanting to go into China or relations with China or as far as business goes could be very difficult. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that do business with China. Yeah, that's right. We shall see. Anyways, I guess that's all we got. No answers, just more questions. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting world events. Thanks for coming out tonight, everybody. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Have a great night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.